Episode 117. Sales principles. They really work. (laughs) The American Entrepreneur Podcast. So I've been calling around. Doing what you guys would call sales. And in the middle of all these gaps of calls, I pretty much make podcasts and listen to audiobooks. And I just listen to audiobooks about sales all day long. Sales and negotiating. Just like back and forth and back and forth. And what I do with these books is I listen to the principles. And I write notes on them in Discord. And then I listen to the principles on audio just all day long. And then I think about negotiating sales. And then I do sales negotiating and talk to people all day. Just like, hmm, sharpen the saw, sharpen the saw. Like, hmm, what else should I do with this? Then when I make the calls, I guess the one problem I can see is that this actually makes things so much easier that sometimes I do get through to the wrong person. Like, sometimes I do because I'm like, it seems like there's interest in compatibility here. And then I get through and I'm like, oh, never mind. And I'm like, at, at least you guys know how to fix this now. When you get to that point, you have my phone number. But So I do deep dives because people really trust me and they really understand. They really know. They can just, they can just tell. I don't know how you know, but you know that you know. That I actually care about doing this correctly. Now, I'm a hard ass, and I don't like shit getting in my way. And that's the honest truth. But I actually do care about getting this done the right way. And making sure that they don't deal with any extra unnecessary suffering or time wasting than they have to. Than they absolutely have to. So, here's some of the sales principles that I use all the time one Chris Voss's what and how questions give the control back to the other person don't unnecessarily use energy when you have to get the person thinking for themselves what and how questions so going door to door with a buddy we're walking around and so we we talked to this girl and she said we already have somebody who does like pest control. She's like, and we have a cottage in our, she's like, uh, uh, like all of our stuff out there has somebody, the same company does both of the, the houses basically. And she's like, I mean, they're kind of expensive. And I'm like, I was like, that's the thing. I was like, if we did the exact same job and better job, with quality and you know that we're in the area and you you met me personally and you're talking to me and we can get you a better deal do you think that you'd be against getting that she's like oh my husband's the decision maker and I was like well okay we'll stop by and talk to him I was like I mean you know just let him know that I stopped by and and spoke with y'all and we'll see if we can you know help out and uh, there's several times in the conversation where there's an objection or even just a question. And I was like, 
You know, for the husband thing, I think there's one point in there where I said, well, what makes you think he wouldn't want to get a better price? And I asked no questions. So that's another thing. So what and how questions, what makes you think he wouldn't want to get a better price? How are you guys taking care of this with both of these uh, places? And then she's like, well, we did have a termite issue. And I was like, okay, so how do you guys deal with the rest of the pests? How questions, what questions? Or, so I got through a receptionist, and she said, my job is to uh, get you through. I can't get you through without knowing their name. And I was like, <clears throat> my name's Angelo. And she's like, no, what, what's the contact name you need to speak with? I can't let you through if you don't know that. It's company policy. And I was like, so let me just say this real quick, because i got to talk to a few more people. I'm a company owner as well. And I also have receptionists. And as a receptionist, there's only two jobs that you have. One, don't let people through who can't get through. And you're doing an amazing job of that. I'm giving you props. So that's good. Two, to let people through when there's an exception and it makes sense. That's your only two jobs as a receptionist. So if this person, if your CEO posted an ad for social media, what makes you think? Or how would he not want this call to get through? And she was like, okay, I'll send you over to the receptionist. Because it makes them think about it. Like, the question what or how being directed towards you is like a, it's like a backdoor to a psychological call to action. It makes your brain work. It's like a call to action. It's like a word that's a call to action. It's an immediate button to press. It's a call to action to get you to use your resources to answer the question. And so what and how questions, one, two, no base questions. Do you think he'd be against saving money? No. Are you, are you super busy right now? I guess that's not like a good question. But a, a no-based question, do you guys want to, to lose leads off this website? Do you guys want people to leave the website? No. Do you guys want to hire the wrong person and, and have to keep hiring people over and over? No. So that's two is a, a no base question. It helps them put things into perspective for themselves. Again, so the first two things are giving people their own autonomy. Three, asking for permission to pitch. If you can't get permission to pitch, or they don't keep talking and kind of assuming that they're giving you permission to pitch, then it's a waste of time to pitch. That person will never be suggestible on their own accord enough to listen to what you're saying. So if I could save you guys money and actually help you out and imagine that this is actually helpful, are you against me helping you out for one minute? No, it's it maybe that's 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 a that's an example. It may not be the best example, but um 
So what and how questions to no base questions. I do this all like in the field and I take the action and listen to audiobooks and I don't always have the time to condense it. Even like years into doing this, I'm just like, when I'm doing it, I want to do it. The only time I think about it or want to think about it is when I'm not doing it, but I want to know how to do it almost to an unconscious level all the time. So what and how questions, no base questions, and then having its own. Or uh, or three would be giving them permission or asking for permission to pitch. As you can tell, I don't have any notes ahead of me. This is just what I do every day. So there's those three things. And then having like an uptone that actually helps when you're asking a certain type of question. So I said, if we if we can help him, then I'll definitely contact them. Is, is that fair? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, perfect. So questions where the tone goes up. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Those... I'm not going to overdo this. Those things go so fucking far. Notice I put the what and how question thing first. Those things go so fucking far. That I don't even feel like this needs to be like a 10, a 10 bullet type list. <clears throat> I know you're expecting to have to do 10 things and do all this extra stuff. But, you know, who wants to do that? Now the problem you have is, oh no, now you have three things you have to do all the time. What and how questions, no base questions, and asking for permission to pitch. Because listen, if you get permission to pitch and then that's compliance, then that person really is giving you a chance to speak probably, possibly for a reason. And they'll be more compliant either way. Just the fact that you're giving them autonomy will get them to be compliant. You just can't have a shitty offer. If you're like, hey, I'm going to talk to you with no value. Got a minute? <laughs> like, it's not going to work. <laughs> They'll just be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's not going to work. Hey, I've seen your Facebook and website. There's a problem on the Facebook. I know you're busy, I have more people to talk to, but there's a problem on your website. Do you have a second? You got a second? <laughs> I don't want to exaggerate it. But you get what I'm saying, you got to do like an uptim. And you ask for permission to pitch. Sometimes people are like, I'm busy. You should literally let them know, listen... You're going to sit here and you're going to say, I know I'm super busy right now. This dude's crazy. This is one of these guys walking around doing sales and whatnot. I know. But here's the thing. We've been called out to this neighborhood several times because of the bugs that are in the area. And we have slots open. Have you guys noticed... Like everybody else in the area, the bugs that have been showing up, well, I guess we we kind of been seeing them. 
What do you guys do to take care of that right now? Ah, uh, see? Well, um, we don't do anything right now, or... We don't, we don't really care about it too much, or so, whoever, who knows, right? Well, how do you guys plan on dealing with that? It's like, what are you going to do when eventually the whole thing is covered in bugs? It's like, do you want to be the one house in the neighborhood who doesn't have a clean house ridden of bugs? You know what I'm saying? There's a no question right there. And to be honest with you, it's easy to sell a product that makes sense like that. If the product sucks, you almost can't sell it efficiently. But if the product makes sense, you can ask pretty basic questions. And they'll be like, huh, that makes sense. I'll be like, okay, perfect. So here's the thing. The problem right now is that there's bugs in there and we can get them out and we can get you out on a good price. And once we help you out, the only thing you're going to be saying is, why have I not been taking care of this thing to begin with? It's a bug thing. Does that make sense? Is that fair? Okay, perfect. And then sit there and, and write it down. Like, write, you know, get them signed up, whatever. Is that fair enough? Like, it doesn't matter if you say fair enough. I know people say that all the fucking time. But you are asking them, like, realistically, is that... Act it's not just the words fair enough. It's the concept, like, of... You have to understand, this is a Chris Foss thing, too. Actual fairness. You're not there to spin some shit. You know what I'm saying? Or twist something. You're not there to twist anything or jumble anything up. You're there to literally make it just make sense. And make it be like, this is a good decision, and I've never noticed how big of a stupid-ass problem this is. Let's sign up and get this taken care of. So is that fair enough? Okay. And get people signed up. And uh, it'd be fucking awesome. It'd be fucking awesome to help shit ton of people out with that product. So again, not a very difficult product to sell. As long as you say the right things, regardless what your product is, as long as it's a good product, what, how questions, no questions, permission to pitch. And then I would say, even with the uptone, I would say displaying fairness. You have to understand fairness. You have to almost be just agreeable enough in life to really actually be a fair person, though. Like, you have to be fair. You're not there to twist some shit. Like, to be honest with you, people buy things all the time. I don't have this limiting belief that a lot of salespeople and customers have that people don't purchase things or shouldn't purchase things or that any of our purchases make any more sense than any of the other ones. But what does make sense to me is that people don't want bugs in their fucking house. What does make sense to me is your house has a market value and you being the one house that gets ants every single summer and bugs crawling around actually does reduce you know, the value of your house. The problem is, if you have bugs getting in that way, there's an infestation in the neighborhood. Now you're the house with bugs. It's like, do you want to be the house in the neighborhood? 
that doesn't have I'm overdoing it right now. I'd never overkill this with the customer like this, but you get what I'm saying. That those things make sense to me. Like man, I don't want bugs in my house. Now, at the end of the day, does it really matter more than anything else? Not really. But I noticed that you guys have a house, so if you're the type of person to have a house and a car and a mortgage and all this stuff, then I'd say it probably does make logical sense that you're the type of person who would want to, or at least cares to, take care of a bug problem at your house. And we do it at a pretty good price. We service everybody in the area. We're local. You know exactly who you're working with. And since you know exactly who you're working with, it's going to be a very, very easy thing for you to do. And sign the thing up, get started, you know, get the whole, whatever it is, whatever product it is. One, what and how questions. Two, no based questions where the person says no you need to, you're, hel- you're helping them paint a picture. You're in collaboration with them painting a picture and you're communicating with and back and forth with each other to communicate that picture between each other. So that's where the no-based questions come in. Get them to see it. So they say no. They have the autonomy and they see it themselves. That makes sense to them themselves. And then three, asking for permission to pitch. Make them understand that there's a problem and it would be worth listening to, but give them the option to listen to. Hey, there's a problem here. We had to come out because there's bugs. I know a lot of people have bug problems. If you want to make sure you don't have bugs in the house, if I could help you out with that, you're not going to have to deal with that. Would that be worth a minute? Listen to me because I have more people to talk to. Is it worth a minute? Okay, perfect. So we have people on the slots. You get what I'm saying? And if they're just like, no, fuck off, then it's probably not the right person. Who knows? Might be sometimes. Who knows? But mostly, next person. And so what about the times they go, yeah, what's going on? Pretty awesome. Pretty easy pitch to go in there then. And then... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Just the, you know what? Just do those three things. You can add the fourth one, which is fairness. You need, to underst- you need to genuinely and deeply understand the concept of fairness. It is not fair for you to sell a product to somebody that doesn't make sense. Like, it's, it's just not. It is, if it is an actual fair thing for them. Then that makes more sense. So you can add that fourth one, but if not, the three will help you the most. And those aren't just three things that you listen to. You go do them once, and then you go on to the next book. No, those are things you need to loop in your head over and over and over and over and over and over every single day while you do sales. I'm talking every day, forever. Like... Every day, forever, is how you need to use those things. So much love, guys. It's your free infield sales training. I guarantee, like a lot of people, you know how they tell you, this will help and you do it and it may or may not help. Listen, man, 
I don't see how you even understand the English I'm saying if that's not going to help you is what I'm, what I'm saying to you right now. And I'm not saying that those things are going to help you a little like the rest of the sales. You know how many sales techniques I've been through or taught myself or learned or developed or learned from somebody else or mirrored from some other system or learned from this or that company or heard this person in my life? Like when I tell you these are some of the most important ones, these are principles you could do for an eternity. And I'll give you one more bonus one. It's actually the best one. So if you got this far, congratulations. Here's an Easter egg. It's actually the best one. Get them to feel their own pain. Make them scratch where they itch. People buy their problem, not your solution. So... That's all the same thing. Those are all different quotes. I call it people purchase their problem, not your solution. They purchase their problem, not your solution. So as long as you focus on them, their problem, and their needs, you'll sell the product. As soon as you start making the sale about you, your company, and your needs, you're not going to close the deal. If they ask questions, you should say that, but you should say all those things in reference to them. We've worked with this company, and so we know how to handle things like this. I know you guys have problems with this, this, and this. We've dealt with this with this company before. That makes sense. And so we've dealt with this type of company, and that's what qualifies us to do things like this for you. Run your social media here. Run this type of content. We've worked with tons of people who've basically hired the wrong person and they need a company to come in, help them at a good rate and have a long-term partnership with them so that their company's actually running correctly the way a marketing department for a company should be ran correctly. We take care of all that. That's what makes us the right person. The problem is we're going to have to fix the website. We're going to have to fix the Facebook. It, again, you're going to be happy that you found us and wish you would have been with us already. Is that fair? Cool. And then sign it up. All right. So you put everything in terms of their problems. If it's that you can help, you guys aren't going to hire the wrong person or have this happen. Or, and so one of the people we've worked with, this is the problem. You guys have that in common. That's why we do that and help people out this and that way. Right. You focus on their problem, they'll purchase. So, yeah. Go have better communication. Do better at sales. Close more deals. Make more cash. Have more realizations. Help more people. Good luck.